This is the Neighborhood Conversations Podcast. Today's sermon was originally recorded on July 2nd, 2023. Hi, neighbors. If y'all will stand for the reading of our gospel, that would be great. We're going to read today from Matthew 13, verses 24 through 30. Jesus told them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like someone who planted good seed in his field. While people were sleeping, an enemy came and planted weeds among the wheat and went away. When the stalk sprouted and bore, again, bore grain, then the weeds also appeared. The servants of the landowner came and said to him, Master, didn't you plant good seed in your field? Then how is it that it has weeds? An enemy has done this, he answered. The servant said to him, do you want us to go and gather them? But the landowner said, no, because if you gather the weeds, you'll pull up the wheat along with them. Let both grow side by side until the harvest. And at harvest time, I'll say to the harvesters, first gather the weeds and tie them together in bundles to be burned, but bring the wheat into my barn. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Will you say thanks be to God? You can sit. Will y'all join me in prayer? Holy Creator, we gather before you today recognizing the beauty and diversity of your creation. We acknowledge that each person has a unique blend of experiences, identities, and perspectives. Help us foster inclusivity, empathy, and understanding in our communities so that no one is left behind or silenced. May we learn from one another's stories, celebrating the richness that comes from our differences. And grant me the clarity of thought and the ability to communicate effectively so that your words may touch the hearts of those who listen. In your name we pray, amen. So good morning. If we haven't met, my name is Whitney Brown and I use she, her pronouns. And though I don't work for the church, point of clarity, I don't work here. I've held way more roles than I could describe, including being an intern with Michelle, um, and I sat on the board for a term and a half, and so many other things. But that's not why we're here today. So you may have heard this passage that we just read referred to as the parable of the wheat and weeds, or just the parable of the wheat, or if you're even more old school or grew up Baptist like I did, then you heard it called the parable of the tares which I had to look up what a tear is, but a tear is just a weed. (laughs) So Jesus tells us the story of a farmer who planted good seeds in his field, and this was the wheat, which is a crop that was valuable. But during the night, an enemy of the farmer came and sowed weeds among the wheat. When the wheat plants grew, the weeds sprouted, and that caused concern for all of the farmer's um, servants and farmhands. So the servants questioned whether they should remove these weeds, and the farmer wisely told them to wait until the the harvest, because they might uproot the wheat with the weeds. Which, if you've ever played around in the dirt, like Pastor Andy was saying, it's not easy to pull one plant and not pull something else out. So the farmhands stopped their panic, and they waited patiently for the wheat to be ready for harvest, and pondered, maybe the weeds weren't so bad after all. So the first 10 times I read this parable, I kept pondering, how do I connect this to my life? How do I connect wheat to my life? 
And then I wrote a sermon, and then I thought to myself, I wasn't at church last week, so let me go listen to Kelly's sermon. And I wrote Kelly's sermon, but like the Mark version. Um, So I was like, don't do that. (laughs) So then I thought, well, I can go the more literal route, and I can talk about the environment and gardening, because that's what I like and I care about. And I can talk about my dreams for like our church green team and my work with Georgia Interfaith Power and Light, um, or my sitting on the board for the Atlanta Ecumenical Urban Farm Network, which is who helped us plant all of these great plants out here. Um, Or we could talk about how the rain is really great and it's making our tomato plants explode, but we have a cabbage worm problem, um, which if anyone knows how to solve that, y'all let me know. Um, (laughs) Great. Um, Or the surprise garlic that grew on this side of the church this year. Um, Or I could talk about my secret desire to start a balcony garden business, but I don't think y'all want to listen to that either. <laughs> so after I slept on this passage, I realized that it's, it's not just a lesson about wheat and weeds, and that there's just so much more about it. So just as the wheat and weeds grew together, we too find ourselves surrounded by diver- a diverse range of people and beliefs and perspectives. And it reminds us of the diversity and complexity of the world we live in, and that we are charged with embracing this intersectionality. I am a black gay woman who has lived in Atlanta my entire life, so in many ways, the odds should be statistically stacked against me. There's so much research out there that shows black LGBTQ folks have lower graduation rates than their cisgendered straight white counterparts, or my likelihood of having a single parent home is significantly higher as a person of color, but that's not my experience, and that's not my story. I also don't fit the stereotype of a black person that many people hold. So my entire life, I was told, you speak white. First of all, that sentence isn't grammatically correct. Um, (laughs) And second, what does that mean? Do you, like, only white people know how to use the English language? I I think that's not true. Um, I also really love musical theater and country music. And I learned quickly that that is unique to being a black person, unique for being a black person. Um, But it turns out I just needed to find the right circle of friends. I also danced as a kid. I danced ballet and jazz, and I did a lot of tap, um, which led me down the path of loving river dance, like that river dance. And I really wanted to learn how to clog, and my parents were like, maybe not, let's tap. Um, (laughs) But again, a little bit strange for a black person. I grew up in a really large black Baptist church and struggled to find my niche in that space as well. And with 40 Sunday school classes, like it it was massive. With 40 Sunday school classes, I should have found a space that I felt comfortable and I felt accepted and I never did because I wasn't black enough. Um, And these are words that my parents and my family never spoke to me, but it is the message I was getting from the world beyond my home. My parents loved my love for the arts and dance and music and sat through recital after recital after recital after living room recital um, for years and years. And so when I got to high school, they put me in the artsy amazingness that is the Paideia School around the corner. And I finally found my people. I was in a school filled with black kids that loved learning and celebrated the creative arts. And I became a leader in our black student organization and wasn't ever told that I, was, I didn't fit in and that I wasn't the right kind of black person. 
I grew a circle of friends who celebrated my passions and had a wide range of backgrounds, and I felt like I was finally just a normal person. So fast forward four years to college, where I was put back in my place very quickly, and I was told I wasn't black enough to be part of the Black Student Union. And I didn't really know what to make of that, but I was just kind of like, all right, cool. That's fine, and I kept it moving, and I found a different group of friends who thought it was cool that I knew a lot about musical theater. <laughs> Have any of you ever played the game Step Up, Step Back? So the idea of the game, there's a leader that says things like, step up if you attended private school, step up if you're white, um, et cetera. And the end goal is to sort of see where you land on the spectrum of privilege and accessibility. It's rooted in the research of activist and educator Peggy McIntosh, who added the term white privilege to the mainstream vernacular through her research on privilege. You should really look her up. She's pretty amazing. And as I was reflecting on my own life, I started thinking about the numerous times that I've participated in this activity in college and grad school. And here are the things that I usually stepped up or forward for. Attended private school. Attended college and eventually grad school. I had a two-parent home my whole life, both of whom attended college and grad school, both of whom worked full-time jobs my entire life. I never had to worry about my next meal or a place to live or sleep. I grew up middle or upper class. I never had to share a room with my sibling. And I traveled, particularly outside of the US, and English is my primary language. And that list goes on and on. And the, here are the things that I used to step back for being black or a person of color, being part of the LGBT community, which I didn't realize until college, or grad school, rather, um, and being female. And that's about it. It didn't step back for a lot of other things. When we would finish this activity, I would look around the room at the distribution of the rest of the black students in particular, and I would just kind of hang my head to make an apology for having any sort of privilege. I remember often feeling really ashamed that I had so many experiences that a lot of my fellow black students didn't, and I spent many years wrestling with the shame. My parents are of the generation of the, we want better for the next generation, we want better than what we had. And so they worked really hard, and they had high power jobs most of my life, and channeled their resources into making my life and my brother's life better than what they had. They placed us in extracurricular activities of our choosing, like dance, cheerleading, basketball, and Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts, knowing that that would help build character and leadership skills within us. And we were able to take some amazing trips. We spent a lot of time adventuring around state parks in Georgia, which is where my love of being outdoors started to develop, though not in the summer. I hate the summer. Um, we also took trips to Denver to dig for dinosaur bones when Jurassic Park came out. We went to New York several times to feed my love of theater. My mom and I went to Paris so that I could soak up the culture and history. And my brother and my dad went to Ghana through Boy Scouts to see so many of the natural wonders. Today's scripture challenges us to engage in self-reflection, and that is exactly what I did as I processed years of playing Step Up, Step Back. I ramble off this list of opportunities I was afforded gratefully and proudly today. You see, what I discovered as I participated in this activity again and again was that I wasn't ashamed of the opportunities I had. Instead, I was disheartened 
that my own identity was a detriment to my well-being in our society, and that the intersections of my identity only compounded this disadvantage. One of the things Jesus invites us to do through this story is to examine our own weeds, our own biases and prejudices against ourselves and against others. Is different bad? In our world today, I would say sort of. Different is perceived as bad. But what I think the larger issue is, is that differences make us uncomfortable. I mean, honestly, think about it. How boring would the world be if everybody dressed the same and looked the same and believed the same things? It sounds really terrible. As Christians and as Methodists, we talk about drawing the circle wider and loving your neighbor, but is that how we're truly showing up outside of these doors? Are we really embracing diversity? Are we celebrating differences? Are we telling the black folks that we work with or spend time with that they talk white or that they're not like regular black people? Think about it. How are you showing up for people that don't look like you or share your beliefs beyond Sunday morning? In the present day world, human rights violations are prevalent, ranging from discrimination based on race, gender, or sexual orientation, to economic inequality and political repression. I watch my rights as a black person, as a gay person, as a female person get stripped away on what feels like a daily basis but I'm not quick to back down. I'm okay with being a little different, and I'm okay and up for a challenge. So just as the farmer allowed the wheat and the weeds to grow together, we must recognize that our world is filled with beautiful diversity. We live in a society where people hold different beliefs, orientations, and identities. There's not one way to be black or to be gay or to be religious. In our pursuit of justice and equality, it is essential to acknowledge that progress can sometimes be hindered by the presence of harmful ideologies or actions. And we need to resist the urge to hastily uproot those weeds, those people that differ from us, but instead embrace those differences and learn a new perspective. The parable also teaches us about the dangers of hasty judgment. The farmer servants were quick to determine that the weeds planted with the wheat were detrimental, but without knowing anything about the weeds, except for that they looked different than the wheat, how could we know that they were a problem? They might have been a beanstalk. <laughs> In our pursuit of justice and equality, we must be cautious not to harm or exclude others in the process. We should strive to create an environment where everyone feels valued and safe and respected. And, and I stand before you today as a person that loves my black queer female body and loves all things musical theater, you should ask me. I can tell you a lot of useless information. <laughs> and I love gardening and everything else that makes me unique and that makes me beautiful me. As a community, we are often engaged in conversations surrounding social justice, equality, and systemic change. And it's crucial that we approach these discussions with humility and a willingness to listen to people different than us. We have to resist the temptation to dismiss or silence voices that belong to people who look different or people who challenge our beliefs and instead try to understand. We must also strive to live in a way that aligns with our values of love and inclusivity and justice. And we should actively be working to dismantle systems of oppression, advocating for the rights of the marginalized communities and promoting equality for all. And we can't tolerate hate 
of any kind. And yes, I know I'm preaching to the choir. I'm not worried about the people in this room. But we have to share that message with other people too. For us to be able to love others, we have to love ourselves fully. For us to be able to invite people in and celebrate differences, we have to celebrate our own uniqueness first. And for us to be able to unpack our own invisible knapjack, our own un unconscious bias, we have to first confront those uncomfortable feelings that are stirred up by the diversity of the world. So think about this over the next week. What's making you uncomfortable? Think about it. May it be so, friends. Amen. Neighborhood Conversations produced by Neighborhood Church in Atlanta, Georgia. You can learn more about us at neighborhoodchurchatl.com. And on our website, you can find links to our weekly live streams. And you can find out what's going on in the neighborhood. Find us on social media and don't forget to subscribe. Peace be with you.